Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode four of the Off the Dome podcast. I'm your host, TBK, or the Baltimore Kid. You guys know the drill, man. Where the conversation goes, nobody knows. That's why it's called Off the Dome. We are joined today by another OG homie. Um, this one hasn't known me as long as, you know, the other one did. It hasn't known me since before I've known what a diaper was, but we started to figure out what diapers were around the same time i've grown up with this kid known him over 25 years um and you know what blessed to say that i've had a friend uh for that long uh people these days really don't value friendships or people that much for that matter so all that mushy shit out of the way i'm joined by the one the only matt saint saint hours what up buddy howdy howdy um yeah you're right i really don't have many friends that i've Known that long, uh, you're one of maybe two or three, so it's 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 not the same as it used to be for sure. Well, yeah, man. I feel like everybody. So everybody in our neighborhood, dude. Like, uh, and some of you will know by the way if you've listened to episode two. By the way, if you haven't, do me a favor, go and check that out. Great episode, great conversation. But everybody in our neighborhood, man, like, uh, went a bunch of wild different directions like we have one guy who got into real estate one guy who uh went off well, actually two guys who went off into the military um one guy who's working at a you know fortune 500 company um i'm doing fucking podcasting and you my friend you uh you you went into a totally different venture and decided to start up uh well and uh, uh bought i'll get it you you <laughs> bought you bought uh, a business and now are a small business owner um which is really really cool by the way so i mean you know you you had a couple different ventures yourself did the whole guitar center thing for a while um i yeah, remember yeah. you i remember you telling me your first job was like the american legion or something like that now you own a gun shop literally 15 minutes down the road for me man how did you get into all that well, I mean, like I said, started American Legion, worked at Guitar Center a few years, did eBay a long time, still do eBay, um, installed carpet for about four years, saved up money and bought a business, and yeah, now it's self-employed, um, own a gun shop down in Essex, I guess it doesn't matter where the location is on here, but yeah, um, yeah it's... It's honestly great because I answer to myself and uh, any screw ups that I make are only going to fall on me. So, yeah, but that's, I, that's great. Grew though. Up, I grew up shooting, uh, probably 12, 13 years old. My grandfather got me into it and I had an air rifle, funny enough. And one thing led to another and then you turn 18 and you buy this and then turn 21, you buy that, you know, and after so long you start having a collection and out of all the things that we've been into, I mean, we play music, both of us. Um, yeah, we've we've tried to make a living doing that, and it, it's pretty hard. So it definitely is. Uh, it definitely is. It's it's I mean, no walking apart. I mean, you can get side money from it, but it's hard to make a living off of playing music. Um, 
there's a lot of things that I'm good at. Like, none of them really pay the bills, though. Yeah. So this is the one thing that I can do that I really enjoy, and I can make a decent amount of money doing it because I have the knowledge of it and the experience with it. It's great, really. It's a lot of fun. I love talking to people. I love um, interacting face-to-face with customers, and I like teaching people who aren't super experienced or getting into it to find something they're good at, maybe even they enjoy. Who knows? You know, it's just, it's fun. It's a, it's a rewarding experience and I can make money at the same time. So win-win. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like I find, um, you know, like it does, it does my heart good to support a longtime friend because, Hey, I was actually a customer of yours not too long ago, bought my first gun from you. Um, which was, which was really cool. You know, like, uh, I, I would have been totally lost if I would have gone into some big, great, big, uh, okay, hold on. Let me get my words together. I would have been totally, I would have, <laughs> I would have been totally lost if I would have gone into some big corporate store talking to some jackass who could give a shit less about what I actually wanted, just trying to sell me something, you know, but I got to talk to a friend. You walked me through it. You helped me through it. And, uh, dude, you know, for like I said, being being such a small business, you're not lacking in customers, man. You were busy. Yeah, it's that's the good thing is um the guy who was there before me has about forty years of retail and gunsmithing under his belt. So he has a lot of customers that followed him from his old business to this one and he was there for fifteen years. And then I've built on that of my own customer base on top of his. So it's um it's 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 been really good. I honestly thought going into it, it wouldn't be nearly as successful as it was, and um, I'm happy to say that that it's something that I can do for as long as this continues. Because there was a huge shortage in 2020 or 2019, 2020, 2021, into 2022 even for ammo and firearms. It was bad, like really bad. Like, yeah. I mean, nationwide, it was pretty bad for a lot of industries, but it was a especially bad for anything that had to do with importing from other countries a lot of places in germany manufacture firearms um there was just there was just a lot of stuff that was almost impossible to get the prices went crazy and the supply was next to zero so that was a big risk getting in but getting in when i did was a good idea because um i guess i was able to buy the business at a lower cost because the supply was so bad right right yeah dude like like buying a house door in 2009 you could have got in for under 100 grand and been out double your money sold last year year before trying to well we'll 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 touch back on the whole house market for sure but like so i i wish i wish that the pandemic didn't come up as much as it does i've talked about it now in like two of my episodes already um, you know, and I wish it didn't have to be a talking point, but fact of the matter is, is that it still holds its relevance, which sucks. But like, well, what, what makes it funny to me, I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, no, you're fine. To me is we're like one of the generations that is now bored with life changing events. It's like, oh, you've first time I've been through 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, so. I guess I guess what my point was is is you know like for for as you said the the price is going crazy the the uh, stock dwindling down and and supply being so low 
how do you think that the you know the guy that you bought it from was able to keep his business afloat was it just off of reputation and clientele or you know was was he like right, just just hang on it'll come back well um gun sales during the pandemic were the highest they were in u.s history i mean seriously it was the largest amount of gun sales in the united states history yeah um there were so many new gun owners that people thought you know guns bad guns evil whatever whatever but when people are calling i'm not i don't want to make it political but people say for defund the police and there's riots and everything else going on i mean what are you going to do you going to just let somebody steamroll you or what <laughs> well well here's the thing man like i can honestly now i, I i'm not going to sit here and say that i you know take in a bunch of news because you know it's it's all crap dude and that's my own personal opinion that yeah it's all stuff right it's all wrong i it, don't care it, I, I don't like any of it it's all stuff trying to distract you from this that and and whatever but you know but it, it, i can't honestly remember and if you can let me know but to me right the pandemic and i've said this before and some people have gotten a chuckle out of it to me the pandemic was like a, a gangster's wet dream these motherfuckers have been walking around with masks on doing crazy shit for years you know and now every and now everybody's masked up you know everybody and their mother you can't tell who anybody is but here's the thing i don't remember hearing too many stories of robberies or or stuff of that nature when everybody was forced to have one on you know what i mean well, what you I think mean, what you think you would think it would be really easy because you again like i said you can't you can't tell yeah, who anybody is at that time you're kind of forced to obscure your likeness so yeah right it was it was strange i mean when i worked in a shop prior to owning a shop it was the only time i think in history that people were required to obscure their face to walk into a gun shop yeah exactly <laughs> right that was it was weird it was almost like uh like an oxymoron but yeah it was it was a again it's like we've been through so many changing times in the 30 years that i've been alive it's at certain point you just become desensitized towards a lot of things and you're just like okay another whatever here we go yeah 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 it's you're right though. i don't remember seeing a ton of crime because well funny thing is is that most robberies occur during the day and people aren't home it's not night break-ins i mean it happens but it's most times when people aren't home during the day so everybody was home so there was a lot less robberies yeah right and it makes it goes to say without saying i guess um big deterrent and then, <laughs> yeah if somebody's home and you typically don't want to the criminal wants to take the path of least resistance that's just how they work yeah they don't want to be fought back against it's it's simple they they want to take the person who's just going to give up what they give and then split yep i can't imagine that's that's why uh well that's why they're criminals for one because <laughs> <laughs> they think they can get away with it but they're smart enough to get away with it, but dumb enough to be caught. That's the way it is. Sure. <laughs> At least for a period of time. It's unless it's in Baltimore City. I mean, there's a lot of unsolved crimes there. Because well, well, let's not go into that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other episode. <laughs> right. Yes, it is. But yeah, it's um, it's neat to do something on your own, man. I mean, it's 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 because most people hate their jobs, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody hates going to work and. It's just so they can afford to live, but and you can do both. It's it's pretty neat. Um, 
granted, I, I might not make as much as some of these guys working office jobs, uh, working 50, 60 hours a week or whatever as architects and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I love going to work and I love, I love what I do. So it's nice. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, and you know, the old adage, they say, if, you know, if you love what you do, it should never feel like work. So, and would you, would you agree that like that, that is the real American dream to be able to, you know, work for yourself, provide for yourself, be happy, you know, like I, um, it's how America was founded. It's how America yeah. was founded. There was no giant corporations. There was nothing. Yeah controlling giant markets it was the everyday common man who went to work as a butcher or a hunter or um you know a, an iron worker or anything your trade was your job and there were small firms all over the place and you might work for somebody but it was all small business there was no there were large companies but not like today right not like today there was no google there was no apple there was nothing like that it was it was larger companies like back in the day for in the firearms world there was colt there was remington there was stuff like that but they were still based out of one location yeah i mean it wasn't like there was 28 offices in 28 different states right right yeah so they were still technically they were a large business but they were still owned by at the end of the day the guy who does the thing sure yeah i mean and, yeah it's, it's it's the backbone of american industry and that's where it gets lost today. It's very difficult to be successful in a small business. Like as a, I know people that have like hair salons and um, um, it, it, it's very difficult because it's an oversaturated market. Right. And the other problem is the internet kills a lot of stuff now because you can't uh, compete with stuff like Walmart and you can't compete with, uh, with, with just a lot of these wholesale outlets. Yeah. So if you try to open something up, I mean, you can do it, but it's it's not as easy as, uh, it, it's just not as easy for people now. Right. You have to, you have to, working for Walmart, you'll make more money, make a minimum wage than you would if you opened your own small, what's it, whatever odds and ends store. You probably wouldn't survive. It's difficult. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know everything obviously about this. I'm, I'm just speaking for my sample size of one. Firearms can't be sold through the internet directly to the customer at least they have to go through a brick and mortar store so the internet can't uh phase me out in many ways right Which so is, it's a safe yeah. industry to be in. it's like being in a tech industry except there's no tech involved yeah right it's just government regulations that make it uh unable to be outsourced yeah man i mean i think as as i've gotten older i am now, I want to get your opinion on this because I I am very much a person who is ready, willing, and able more so to support my friends and, and the small businesses rather than throw my money away at big corporations and stuff like that, you know, and I feel like it's it should be, you know, common sense. Why would you not want to help your fellow man? Why would you not want to, you know, support someone who is taking a chance on themselves and is putting in the work, you know, when these other corporations have been around for years and all people sit around and do is complain about them. But the funny thing is, is that it feels like the people who go out on that limb, who put themselves out there, who are, you know, the small business owners of the world are the local bands of the world are the podcasters of the world 
are the content creators of the world. They they have to beg and scratch and claw and ask, you know, you know, it it, it feels like people try to take advantage of, you know, you know, everybody's looking for the quote unquote homie hookup instead of doing what you would do naturally at a big corporation. You wouldn't go to fucking Walmart or God forbid if you still go to yeah, you you wouldn't you wouldn't go to Walmart or you wouldn't go to God forbid fucking Target or whatever and and, and go hey can I get this half off man? <laughs> yeah, it's. I think the other thing that these big companies have is they have limitless amounts of resources. Yeah, and that's again it's almost impossible to compete with. So, but but that should be again that should be the you know you know you know that you can go to to walmart or whatever and get whatever you need because it's always going to be there why would you go up to somebody who is trying to keep themselves in stock and whatever and ask for a discount why well i think i think the the way that's okay to do that is if somebody offers it to you yeah sure um, but you know but you're right don't don't try to beat somebody down who's already taken a beating yeah <laughs> right per se um yeah because it's it can be expensive to start a business depending on what you get into because overhead can be crazy um yeah depending on the industry absolutely if you were to uh like start up a, a range of a firing range you have to have it's i would say minimum of close to a million dollars available yeah. at your at your excess uh insurance is crazy um then you have to hire employees and everything. I mean, it's it's difficult, but there's a, there's some businesses that have very low overhead at the same time. Like again, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but if you start like a salon or something, I mean, there are overhead costs, but it's lower than something like starting up a jewelry store. Yeah. Or something. There's definitely, you know, different, um, different tiers to it. Yeah. <laughs> but most people have to pay a lot out of pocket because you can't get lines of credit for this stuff either. So it makes it pretty difficult. Yeah. It's it's really rewarding, but it's also really difficult. And you might not see a return um, until a year or two years or whatever down the line sometimes either because of what you had to dig yourself into a hole to get there in the first place. Sure. So, I mean, there's, there's just different ways. You have to be able to to work for a loss until you aren't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's go ahead. That's, I mean, that, that's just, that's about it. It's just people say, well, how much do you make? I'm like, well, uh, for about a year, I didn't make anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just making it back. And now you're finally at in the green again. And then it's, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's just different. Cause you just don't show up to work. You don't draw a paycheck every time you, you're, 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 you're purely based on commission and what I do. So if you do a bad job, then you don't make any money. Right. But if you do a good job and people like you, they may come back and see you again. And that's how it, it's, it's, it's a lot of word of mouth. It's, yep. it's very traditional in the sense of how, again, how the American business industry was started. It's, it hasn't traveled a whole lot in the last, you know, X amount of years. It's the same way. Yeah. Just we have internet now. Yeah. I mean, well, so one of the things that I talked about on my last episode with, with guys is how, you know, one of the upsides is, is having all the tools that we have at our disposal today. Like, you know, 
even though it's a pain in the ass for most people and most people complain about it, if you use it correctly, it can be a vital tool. So you have your Facebooks, you have your Instagram, a lot of stuff that you can promote your business. Yeah, (laughs) your your books. You have many, many books of, you know, with your faces on them. Uh, (laughs) But, um, but yeah. Uh, Just the way you settled, I had to make fun of you. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Um, You know, but, but you have all that that can be used as a tool, you know, and back then, you know, as you said, it was all word of mouth. It was flyers. It was, you know, getting, getting people to come back. Yeah, it was, it was getting people to come back and see you. Um, but again, I, I think what, what my actual point was, so, so like, you know, for, for someone like you, you, I, I, I and I don't want to talk out of turn here. So if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But for you, oh, I, I feel like you kind of got, <laughs> I feel like you kind of got grandfathered in with your clientele because they all knew the last guy that you had. Or, or at least the majority, they all knew the last guy and they kind of took a chance on you to take his, you know, mantelpiece or whatever you want to call it. Now, the first one was the majority and those people have retained. And like I said, I've built my own. So, right. It's, uh, you're not wrong, but it's also not exactly the current state either. For the first six months, it was mostly correct. And yeah. over time, you start building your own. Yeah. It just, it happens over time. It's gradual. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, is like, you've had people who are more willing, like I said, to come to you. You're not some big corporate store. You, you know, your shit, you know what you're talking about and you're just as good, if not better than those other stores. And what well, as far as customer service, I, I think it's heaps and uh, heaps above it. Um, I've been in some of these big box stores. Well, uh, well, to be fair, you're the only guy there. So if your customer service sucks, it's on you, dude. <laughs> that's that's exactly. Yeah, it goes back to accountability, man. If something's wrong, it falls on me and nobody else. Yeah. It's the best part. Yeah. The best part. So, so I guess uh, again, what, my actual point here is like, again, why do you? So, I've seen it a bunch of times. Like even the simplest of things, dude. Like. I've seen a lot of local bands. I was in a local band. You were in local bands, you know, have seen them post or even, like I said, content creators or podcasters, the simple thing, hey, give me a like, give me a follow. It's free. It takes you two seconds to click a button, but they, they won't do the simple stuff for us. But these people who go, hey, spend fucking $400 to sit way in the back to see my show that you have to use fucking binoculars for. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Totally down with it, bro. No problem. Like, why? Why is that? Because I think, especially in our generation, everything's about convenience. Everything's about convenience. Uh, people want things now. They don't want to wait. And yeah. they're impatient. Um, that's the downside of things like Amazon have created. Yeah. Um, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great, but it has created a generation of people that are not patient. Yeah, they just want things right away and they want it now. So it's it's the downside of it. People used to be a lot more uh, willing to say wait it out. Yeah, until something that they that, that they were looking for, be it whatever. You didn't just jump on the excuse me. You didn't just jump on the internet and. There it was, and you have it sent right to your front door two days later. Yep. You had to either travel all over the place to find it or mm. wait until it popped up. 
So I just think that's really the downside of uh, a lot of a lot of not just um, well anything that's shop related now. The inter- like I said, the internet's replaced a lot of businesses. Like Radio Shack. Look at Radio Shack. Gone. Gone. Yeah. I mean, radio, that used to be the place to go if you were a nerd who wanted to build computers or needed computer parts or anything. And it all got outsourced to the internet. All of it. There's no reason for Radio Shack to even exist anymore. Yeah. Um, it was a lack of convenience. People didn't want to get in the car, drive to the place, and they may not even have what they want. But they'll wait two or three days over the internet to get it. Right. So it's, instead of taking the chance to go up there and they might have it and you get it the same day, people would rather wait three days and not get off their uh, their butt. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's. I know you mentioned this like two episodes ago, but it's we're the last generation that grew up without the internet, but we're convenient enough to grow up with it as well. Yes. And yeah. it's the truth because I think you were talking to Josh or something. And yeah. he said that, Around 2000 or whatever was when most people started getting the internet. Mm-hmm. Windows XP came out, and I don't know what year it was, 2001 or something. Something like um, that. That's when we got our first computer. And before that, I didn't even have the internet. And most people didn't either. Yeah. Some people didn't have it until the mid-2000s. Right. It was just, it was a totally different time. Can you imagine nowadays if kids just didn't have the internet, they'd lose their minds? Yeah, well. they know about it. Yeah. I, dude, I think till this day, one of the, one of the craziest things to me, cause bro, I didn't get my, uh, I didn't get my first actual cell phone until, until I was like 15 or 16 years old. Like it was, it was 10th grade grade in high school. Yeah. It took, it took a while. And I remember coming home from high school one day and, um, I'm crossing, you know, uh, through Villa Cresta Elementary, which, you know, if we have any local listeners or Maryland listeners, you'll know where that's at. But, um, listeners, you heard that? (laughs) Listeners. Sorry, I got tongue tied there. But, um, yeah, (laughs) you'll, you'll know where it's at. But I was, I was crossing, you know, the field to come home back when I still lived on Birmingham. And, um, there, there's a kid. While everyone else is playing, this kid is sitting on the bench with a fucking Blackberry in her hand. And I'm like, why? Why do you need a phone? Who do you have to call? Santa Claus? The Easter Bunny? Like, why? Why do you have a phone? And now kids have them in, like, you know, elementary school. And it's a commodity. And I get it. I mean, technology moves forward and so does everything else. But Well, so I know a lot of people say it's like a safety thing now because you can you can GPS the phone. You can make sure your kid's where they're supposed to be. I get it. It has its advantages and stuff. But like... Well, there's a lot of problems that, that probably weren't as well uh, reported on when we were kids either. Yeah. Um, like there was always kidnappers out there, but... We ne- it well, just wasn't reported. We never had to worry about that sort of thing. We we kind of. I guess, I guess not. There was packs of us, but back when Parkville <laughs> didn't suck. But <laughs> I don't think it sucks. I just think it's there's not much left. It hasn't changed hardly, honestly. It hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't really hardly changed. Really yeah, right. Kids have cell phones at like five, six years old now. They're they're grown as little babies to play with them to distract themselves. I mean it's. It is what it is. Technology is going to evolve, but at the same time, people's social skills are absolutely terrible now. 
Yeah, dude. Well, like I can't, I can't remember. So, and I'm not okay. Not making fun of, and I don't want it to come off that way. But even like with you know my my own stepkid, like I find it you know to where I cannot remember the last time that you know she picked up a book and read. But she you know she'll be on that fucking tablet or on the TV, on YouTube or whatever in a, in a New York fucking minute. And it's like, you know, what happened, what happened to book fairs? What happened to, you know, ice cream socials and shit like that? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, it was because you would go there, you would get a book or a couple books and then you'd walk into the cafeteria and they'd have a giant ass ice cream bar. So you were like, Oh, I get a book and I get fucking ice cream. Yes. I've got a, I've got a poster here right in front of my face that I got at one of the elementary school book fairs for all the troll products. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's it's dated nineteen ninety three on this poster here. And granted I didn't get it that long ago. I could probably got it in like ninety six or ninety seven. Right. But it's still on the same wall. So <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that was a that was awesome when you were a kid. That was the best. Yeah, dude. Like I remember, you know. So so why do you? Uh, here's another question for you. Then why do you think you know it is that? So when we were kids, right? We we kept hearing "Don't be in a rush to grow up," you know. And for the most part, you know, there were certain things that we wanted to do and wanted to experience, and we were like, ah, blah blah blah, you know, kind of brushed it off the shoulder. But I feel like our generation, like the the 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, you know, nowadays, when we get to talking, all we it, 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 it always stems back to, do you remember when? Like, you know, yeah, like... I, mean, I think it's natural to look back on things like that, too, because things were... You had no responsibility. Yeah. So like, everything was simple, and everything was memorable because there was no stress (laughs) i just feel like our generation was just fucking cool man like i feel like we had like i said i feel like we get to experience all the cool shit now if you want to call it that but back back then we we really had some cool shit like you know and and things and things felt like clockwork too you woke up Saturday morning, boom, sat your ass down, had your bowl of cereal, watched your Saturday morning cartoons. After that was over, you freaking changed into your clothes. You went and knocked on someone's door and you were out until the fucking, you know, street lamps came on. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that sounds about right to me. Um, I will say the only good thing I can think of, the Internet, well, besides the convenience factor, is that people don't blindly just believe things anymore. Yeah, They'll, a lot of a lot of younger kids are questioning things, and they're questioning it, uh, questioning adamantly, which is good, because you can't just be told something is true and then say, okay, I guess it's true. You can actually just look it up, and remember in high, not high school, remember in school when they told you on your reports and everything, you could be like, well, Wikipedia is not a credible source. Yeah, <laughs> remember that? Yep. Wikipedia is a, extremely credible because it's it's combed by these people that, that that run it, and it has to be mostly factual information. There's not a lot of 
Mostly. goofy stuff on it. Somebody <laughs> takes it. It's, it's, it's correct. Right. So, and then the other one that gets me all the time, this is a completely different topic, but members said they're not going to have a calculator in your pocket all the time. Well, guess what? Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, you do. So, it's just, there are some upsides to the internet, but I do miss just going outside. And I do it. I still go outside. It's just like, you know, I go hiking and all kinds of stuff. But there's never that many kids out anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not the same. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's like um, we were we were talking, actually, um, you and I, we were talking around last Halloween and how we were saying, you know, I, I, I keep telling, I keep telling my, uh, my fiance, I'm like, stop buying candy. And she's like, no, I can't. Like, it, it's just, it's a part, it, it, it feels like I'm missing something if I don't. And I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. I get it. But you're, you're, you're wasting money. There, no one is coming to houses anymore. It's not like it's maybe half half as many as there used to be that I can recall. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot less. Lot less kids. Um, I'm I'm trying to think, because when we were kids, it was nuts. I mean, it was nonstop, all freaking night. All dude. night. All night. I mean, it was up and down the street. There was a hundred people or more. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You, know? you would you would you would do you would do your street go in dump your shit out go back out over. and go to the street over yeah yeah of course you would that was yeah and, and you would do a pillowcase worth yep or something you'd, you'd be loaded you'd be loaded <laughs> loaded <laughs> yeah it was it was great seriously i mean it's not the same now man no and it's Everyone's, sad dude like I said, it's the social element. The social element of things in the next generation behind us is not the same. They weren't socialized the same way that we were, where you had to be forced to talk to somebody in person. Yeah. And that the way you presented yourself made a difference to how that person treated you. <laughs> yep. Where you can say whatever you want online and there's no consequences. I mean, there's none. Yeah. Yes and no. Well, I mean, very, the, the, the margin is much, much few. smaller. Yeah. There's very few consequences. Yeah. Versus, yeah, you can't just walk up to some dude and like trash talk him, and then, if, and then I expect to get decked in the face. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, he's not going to reach through the, the the monitor and strangle you though. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> it's just, and, and also kids just aren't as social in general because they just didn't have the interactions the same way. Well, I think it's more important than ever to socialize uh, younger people. Yeah. No, I. I so. Uh... T touching off of what you just said like i've um i've even noticed dude i've even noticed that fighting is different and, and what i mean by that like if i had a problem with you back in the day right everybody would gather around but nobody else would get involved they would sit there and watch oh, yeah. us beat the shit out of each other but nobody else was jumping was in and then they if somebody jumped in it was to pull somebody off because it was done yeah right that was it. It wasn't to, to join in and, and continue wailing on the person. No, there's no such thing as a fair fight anymore. Nope. And, uh, yeah, that's part of the problem. You'll have, like, four guys on one. And that's why, you know, like... How do uh, you win that? It's not fair. You, you, well, you, you either fight like hell or you get your ass kicked. There's no in-between, you know? I guess so, but I, I can't imagine that one dude is going to take four guys out unless he's something real hot. I, I suppose, you know, but, like... I've, I've had, you know, multiple instances where, 
you know, people have talked shit or whatever, and I will, you know, I'll keep my mouth shut. And, and, and like I said, the whole time the person, oh, you're a bitch, you're a pussy, you're this, you're that. And it's like, no, I'm not. It's because I know if I come to fight you and if I win, you'll come back with 15 of your homies and whip my ass. I don't want to fight your 14 other friends. I want to fight you, <laughs> you know? That's it, yeah. It's just... Well, you know, you know me. I wasn't exactly the type that got in the fights, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was always I was always the goofy kid from down the street that people just thought was weird. Uh, well, you know, I, I guess it I guess it served you well because I can't yeah, I can't ever remember you getting into any fights. I remember getting into fights myself. Um I, I everybody else but me it seems got into fights. Well, <laughs> hey, that's not a I just remember everybody oh my god. Rob and Ryan, dude, they were like in fights every week. <laughs> <laughs> Other Ryan, not for people listening, not the one, not this Ryan. Yeah, right. It yeah. was just like, oh my god, everybody was getting this beat up at the lot, or yep. Oh god, it was, the lot, it was dude. like a regular occurrence. I'm like, God, this, why are these people? Why is everyone so serious? <laughs> I'll, I'll be down the creek playing with my sticks, man. Yeah, hey man, fuck <laughs> it. You know, like. uh that was the thing too like you know it, like when we were when we were kids man we you know you either you either got along really well with the kid or you just you just hated him and you took every opportunity you could like you know to just just the fuck other, with him <laughs> the other thing would be is that you have it was a, it was a little click everybody yep. had their little click yeah and it would be like you know, one week would be hate Matt week. The next <laughs> week it would be hate Ryan week. Yep. It would just change, and there was no reason to it other than the fact that we were just little assholes. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, dude, like I've I've ha dude, I've had so many conversations with with people to where it's like, hey man, remember when we were kids? And it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm totally not like that anymore. <laughs> Kids are completely unfiltered, and they're brutal. Oh, 100%. Kids are the meanest people in the world because they have, again, no responsibility. No filter, and, no care. And really not a whole lot to lose when you kind of think about it. <laughs> so you just say whatever you say, and you, you think that nothing's going to happen to you. You feel, I mean, that, 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 it's that, you feel like you're invincible kind of thing. Yeah. And you realize, I guess when someone gets like, beat up really bad or something, they realize it's not the truth, and maybe they're a little selective the next time. Well, you know what? I've had, I've had multiple conversations with people, too, to where it's like, you know, the Internet, social media, um, stuff like that has really, really given people a set of, you know, 20-pound gigantic brass balls, you know, to where, to where you know... Like, and that's why anymore, like I said, like I laugh at stuff like that on social media because you sit there and you look at the person's profile and they say never judge a book by its cover. But sometimes you just, you get that, you know, in your heart, you know, right? To where you're just like, motherfucker, you would never say half of that shit if you were in front of my face. Half of it? I would say they probably wouldn't say any of it. 99% yeah, of it. Any of it, right, exactly. <laughs> 
That's the thing. It's like you say brass balls. I'm going to say they're glass balls because they're very brittle. <laughs> they're very soft. I mean, they shatter very simply. Well, it's whatever just... material you want your balls in. <laughs> brass, glass. If you, if you drop them, they're going to break. I'll put it that way. There you go. That's fair. Because they ain't going to drop. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just people... And people are so much more affected by words now than they were when we were kids, oh too. Oh, my God, yeah. Everybody, and again, I don't want to make it political, but it's like people are soft. They are. It's People are very soft, man. I mean, what happens when you get offended? That's it, right? It's the end of it. That's the end, yeah. That's it. You get, you get over it, you get on with your day. So what if you're offended? What makes somebody's feelings so special? Either that or you, uh, you know, said something back. <laughs> you defended That's yourself. It, yeah, right. Right. But at the end of the day, if you offend somebody, nothing else happens. No. I mean, it's just a word. Yeah. Now, if there's consequences for your poor choices for your words, yes, of course. Yeah. But that falls back into, once again, accountability. Yep. It's, uh, it's not the same <laughs> to walk up to some dude and just, like, trash talk and they, than you do on the internet. It's not the same. People won't do it, man. People will not do it because they know better. Or they should know better. They should they know better. Yeah. Like... And then... I, I just I just find it amazed how offended and upset people get over nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. It's... It's it's almost hysterical, but it's sad. It's because... It's because things like this have given every single person a voice which... You're supposed to have anyway, um, you but know, you the whole, well, yeah, well, okay. I say supposed to, I, I'm definitely on the side of things that you do. And if you let someone take it away from you, that's fucking on you. But the reason why I say supposed to is because the whole cancel culture thing is so prevalent and people, people have, have found ways to weaponize pretty much everything. People People will weaponize words. People will weaponize their feelings. People will weaponize affection. People will weaponize gender. Anything that they can find to weaponize these days, it's like... Everybody wants to be a professional victim. Well, you heard it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be a victim. I don't understand that. I don't, I, I'd, I'd rather be an individual myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I... My feelings are my own, but I can't expect everybody else to care about my feelings. Yeah. Well, dude. I mean, that's the truth of it. He, okay. So, with, without... Oh, God. Uh, this is the one that's going to get me canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Without, 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 bordering, without bordering on misogyny and all that crap. Like, you know, I, I, as you just said, you can't expect people to care about your feelings. We're... And there's been females, okay? There's been other people other than just men who have said what we want to say, but nobody gives a fuck what we want to say because we are white males. We're in our 30s. You know, people people don't give a shit about us. We'll, we'll say whatever, and they're like, oh, fuck them. They're, they're this, they're that. They're racist. They're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, dude, we're not. We're... we're I always I always tell people I hate everybody equally. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, 
To each their own, I guess. I don't care what color people are. I really don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, if you treat me nice, I'll treat you nice. That's always been my rule. Yeah, well, dude, that's that's the gold. What happened to the golden rule? You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. I absolutely that's agree. It. That's it, man. That's it, man. I absolutely agree with you. You know, so it's like, you know, we could sit here all day and talk about our feelings and nobody would give a shit. Why? Because we're not overly offended. We're not. We we don't come from that that era. We 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 are in it, but we are not from it. You know. No, it's it's you can be whatever you want and say whatever you want to say, and feel however you want to feel. But at the end of the day, the only person that's going to care about you is you. That's right. Or your feelings. Your feelings are yours. That's why they're called your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so. They're not. They're not everyone feelings. They're yours. <laughs> George Carlin. Gor uh, Gorge. George Carlin. Ah, Gorge. Good old Gorge Carlin. George Carlin always had a little thing about euphemism and euphemistic language and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He said, "Well, my needs aren't being met." And he said, "Then find new needs." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. It's really straightforward stuff, man. Like you can be whatever you want. If you if you want to be an individual, that's fine. But don't expect the world to accept you just because you said so. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why people are different because they're not. I mean, it's good that people are different. I I think it's great. Yeah. And another another comedian, Mickey Coachella, he said, "I think it's great that people are different. If we were all." the same we'd all be chinese so <laughs> well like... you know what this this country man is by and large it's based on diversity that's and that's, that's great that's I what makes awesome. us us right and i think it's awesome i think diversity is a great thing but i hate forced diversity yeah because i've never had to force diversity in my life yeah i got along with just about everybody mm -hmm. it never made a difference i never i I never even thought about race until it was started to come to the forefront of every conversation in politics, in schools, and everything. I never cared about any of that stuff until it was forced on me. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah. Just, I think, I think 99% of the stuff you hear today is just goofy. It's just fucking goofy. And if you, if you buy into it, I don't know what to tell you at this point. It's like you, you, you've got to, everybody talks about being woke these days, but woke to what you're missing literally everything. Unless it, unless it makes you feel some type of way, if it makes you feel some type of whoop, oh, I'm woke to it. But if you, if, if well, it doesn't make you feel anything, you're like, that's bullshit. <laughs> People are wasting people are wasting their lives on things they have absolutely no control over when they could be doing something productive. I mean, yeah. There's no reason why a kid in elementary or middle school should have any care about politics. I didn't even know what politics were until I was in high school. I still don't care about politics. <laughs> I don't either, but it's yeah. just like it's one of those things that it's it's everywhere now, dude. Mhm. Mm there's no getting away from it. Everything is politicized. Everything is either you're either this or you're either that. There's no middle ground anymore for well, people. Well, it's, it's you know, it's it's even more childish than that. It's either you're this or you're that. And if you're not what I am, then fuck you. And it's like, but why? Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're, if you're not this, you're you're a racist. Or if you're not this, you're... You're trash. Whatever, you're... You're, yeah, I mean, I, why can't why can't I why? just disagree with you? And that's the end of it. Yeah, 
I mean, that's that's the United States of America, man. We have the right to disagree. That's well, I mean, that's you know, conversation. I'm not gonna, you that's know, how, that's it. That's like it. that's how conversations start from disagreements. You know, like I, I've said it a million times before, and people have been like, well. You know, if you want to infantize it like that, and it's like, it's not infantile. It's, it's, it's true. Like, I, I love how people nowadays, they're, they're so, you know, they have, they feel like they have to comment on everything because it pisses them off and it makes them angry. And, 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 and then you have the people who go, well, if you feel that way, then ignore it, you know, skip it. You don't have to participate. And it's like, well, it's my right. And it's like, okay, well, it's my right to tell you to shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know? Like, I, okay, so when I say infantize it, I'm like, if you don't like pizza, you, wouldn't, it. you wouldn't eat the fucking pizza, you know? That's you, it. You, you, you know, if There's you... There's no reason. There's no reason to... People just want to argue for the sake of arguing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. I, it's like, find something better to do, dude. Uh, but I don't have anything better to do. I have to argue. <laughs> if you have to, again, professional victims. Yeah. If you have to find a reason to be upset or find a reason to be offended, then you're doing it wrong. You yeah. could be putting all that effort into something that makes you a better person or makes you money or makes you happy. I mean, compared to being miserable and trying to make everybody else miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I've never understood the, the concept of just because you're mad, you want to make everybody else angry too. The I mean, worst the worst way to ever go about anything is to try to force it on someone. That that just that just automatically creates resistance. It's like why? Of course it does. If somebody wants to learn and someone's willing to teach, and that's the best possible concept of way to go about it. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, granted, as a kid, none of us wanted to go to school. None of us wanted to do half the things that we did, but it, it works in the long run. You weren't, but again, you weren't really, no one was beating us or forcing <laughs> us on, like at gunpoint or something to do it. Well, it was, you still had to go because if you didn't, then, you know, parents got in trouble course. and truancy well, and all that stuff. But like, but and I agree with that part. You know, like, have you, can you honestly say you've used less than half of what you learned in school? Mm, I haven't, I haven't, as far as the math side of things, past basic math, no. No, um, right. Yes. Yes. A lot of my tech classes and shop classes, yes, I've used a lot of that because it falls down to a lot of preparation for trades, so that's actually a good thing to know. Right. Um, reading and writing, I think, is super important. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think that was a big important thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I I've used, a, I guess, a little, a, 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 a little there, bit. But I never, I've never gone into true long division since school yeah. yeah right or anything i didn't go into a, a an engineering degree or something where i needed it so i, I mean would it, maybe i would have if i did but i i didn't so <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean they don't teach kids how to prepare their taxes or how to write a check and how to pay a mortgage or something or which would be vital how to, skills how to save money how to be financially responsible would be a financial 
no you know what you know what no. i wasn't gonna say it but i'm gonna say it now because you know what if if there's anybody out there who agrees then maybe i'm doing something right they're 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 too worried about coddling kids and protecting their little feelers and having them make um their own choices nowadays instead of teaching them vital skills and i think everybody knows what i mean when I say, you know, protecting their feelings and allowing them to make their own choices, I don't have to go into it. I'm sure you all know what I mean by now, but you know, um, that's what's sad, dude. You know, the, the, uh, Hey, I don't know about you. I'm fucking terrified for this younger generation to be taking care of us because they're dumb. Well, <laughs> well, just imagine the people that are soft in school and the schools will cater to these kids, right? And that's fine because they're required to cater to them. And if they don't, these people get fired and they're all kinds of yeah. backlash and whatever else. And people, parents are ripping their heads off and everything else is crazy. As soon as these kids become legal adults and hit the real world and realize that's not how it works. Yep. It's like a meltdown. Yeah. And hey, you know what? Uh, I, I don't want to bash here, but but kudos to the parents, you know, who go, man, fuck that. You're not going to sit there and soften up my kid. You're not going to sit there and teach them this, that, and the other. That is not on you to do. That is my job. Like, kudos to those parents because they do exist. And they're treated like crap. They're treated like shit. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, and like, they're the bad person in it. Which makes no sense. Because they want to raise their kid the way they want to raise them. Well, if, if X, Y, and Z can raise the kids the way they want to raise their kids, why shouldn't anybody else be allowed to? Right. Just because they disagree, does that make them bad? No, it just means they disagree. <laughs> yeah. You Again, know, it goes back to what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I there there's a there was a quote that um I heard and I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it, it basically said it doesn't take um it doesn't take a group of people uh to do evil for evil to happen. It takes a bunch of good people to sit around and do nothing. And do nothing. Yep. Yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's... It, it, things go in cycles. There's soft people in times of peace. But when hard times come along, people will have to be... They have to be stronger. Otherwise, they just won't make it. Yep. And generally speaking, right now... The economy's not so great, but we're at a general time of peace as far as how we go. I mean, there's no impending doom facing the world as far as I know. Um, yeah. The whole Russia-Ukraine yeah. thing isn't involving us yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like a couple generations back during World War II when there was a true threat mm -hmm. to the democracy of the entire world in many ways. Sure. It's not the same now. So those those people that went through like World War II, and I, my neighbor when I was growing up was a World War II vet and a Korean War vet. Yeah. And he was the nicest guy in the world. But I don't have a clue what he saw, but I bet you it wasn't pretty. Oh, I guarantee. Yeah. He was in Burma too, so that was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, um, I feel, you know, like I feel like all of our grandparents, you know, at, at some point in time, you know, we're we're looking at us going what the fuck <laughs> you know like 
Yeah, I mean, it's my my other, my grand my one grandfather was um in the Pacific Theater in World War II, and he was on a PT boat, and they sunk his boat, and his whole crew got sent back. He didn't die, obviously, because well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> I think his whole crew survived, but they sunk the boat. Right. <laughs> so I mean, can well, you imagine hey, the stuff that these people went through. Yeah. Well. Well, you know what? I kind of feel like that's the that's <laughs> that is the best case scenario. Like, all right. We're it coming is. up. We're coming up to it the is. beach, and boom! All right, get the fuck back. <laughs> a lot of those PT boat guys in World War II uh, had some of the nastiest, nastiest jobs. Oh yeah. And that was a high casualty position. Yeah. Um. So if if you got sunk and sent back home, you were lucky. Perfect. I'd be like, well, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I can't imagine. The people of this generation going through what the people of that generation did no would never they make it not, they were not as strong of people would They're never make not, it not at all not even a little bit it. they were never forced to fall into a position where they had to literally defend their country mm -hmm. yeah so i mean the iraq war the war on terrorism i hold the belief that we probably never should have been there yeah but I'm, I don't know. I just, I think it was. Well, I like mean, Vietnam. you know, some, some good did come out of it. We got rid of, you know, the most, well, the two most notorious terrorists in the world. So you can't, you know, it, it did. I'm not saying nothing happened from it. I'm just saying, I don't think it involved us as much as it, we shouldn't have been involved as we were. Yeah. I mean. I mean, just, just a, just me. I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't there. I don't make those kind of decisions, so I can't say either way. Yeah. But I, 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 I see what you're saying, though. I, I, I know. I mean, Colin's stepfather was there, dude. Yeah. Guys that we went to. Nobody except us with. know who that is. <laughs> I know. I know, but he was there. He did a couple tours there. I know guys that went to Parkville with us, and a couple of those guys went there. Mm -hmm. Um. Zach was over there, dude. Yeah, I know. I mean, there was just—I don't know. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a complicated subject. You're right. It's—it's it's difficult to really. I wasn't there, so I can't make a judgment on it. But I, and I—I and I did anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, America. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I just—I guess it goes back to the point of what I was saying. I just—I just think the old Transformers. Uh, I thought you were made of sterner stuff. <laughs> and yeah. Not many kids these days are made of sterner stuff. Not, not really. Very soft, very, very, like clay, man. Yep. Very easily. Very easily molded. Molded, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, maybe the next generation is totally different. Maybe they're going to be the opposite. Maybe they'll be no nonsense again. You never know. Never know, man. Like, I feel like, you know, like, I feel like, um... I feel like our generation has a lot of old souls. Um, People always say that term. Well, I mean, it's... I know what you mean by it. But, I don't know. I've just never... I've never understood the term fully. Well, I... I mean... Because people call me that all the time. Well, because you are. You would be the definition, like... Well, I, I know. You know, you, you, I've always said that you are a walking fucking time capsule. You are stuck 
in a period that today makes absolutely no sense to anybody who doesn't already understand you, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's just, but some, some people do it for fashion or trends or whatever. Some people just like what they like. And that's my case. I mean, it's just, yeah. I have a lot of, I have a lot of civil war stuff. For example, I have a lot of world war two stuff and memorabilia and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's a fascinating thing to look back and kind of preserve to some aspect the, I don't know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just how how things were and just keep that tradition somehow alive. Yeah, you know, I feel like there's always, there's always been a fascination with um, preserving history and, and, you know, keeping, making... Right. But music, music, for example, you like a lot of stuff I like. I mean, we have different musical tastes, but you, we do have plenty of intersecting space where we agree. Yeah, sure. I mean, more more than we don't. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I've I've also always been on that spectrum too. Like I've told you a million times, um, and uh, you know, I've always been on that spectrum before where I don't understand getting back to getting back to one of our previous statements. You know, people always feel the need to have to argue about something. I, I've always, dude, I've always been the kind of person to where I don't give a fuck (laughs) what you listen to. It doesn't change my, my view on you at all. It doesn't change what you listen to. Huh? It doesn't change what you listen to because they listen to something different. Yeah, no. Well, no, it, it's not even that. It's like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't change my view of that person. Like, you know, if we if we want to briefly talk about politics briefly, you know, like I'm not the kind of person who's been like I don't know, man. Like we'll take it back to even simpler times. Like, you know, you remember when you were a kid and, and you were like Hey, I'm having problems with Johnny Tommy from down the road. And if you're friends with him, then you're not my friend. You know, like I've never been that kid. Like, I don't, I I don't care about what your issues are with blah, blah, blah. If I don't have an issue with it, then it's not my problem. (laughs) You know? Well, music is one of those things that's completely subjective. So it doesn't really matter what other people think because I mean, one of my favorite bands that, obviously i know you don't like was a sierra thungle yeah i mean <laughs> it the vocals for you or something you said you can't get into the vocals so it yeah and that's a big part of the music if you don't if you don't that's the first thing you pay attention to usually is the singer's voice not the lyrics but the voice yeah and if, that's why i can't get into a whole lot of death metal right because i just i just it just doesn't keep my interest i'm a big guy who likes to listen to lyrics so if i hear a song that's musically great, but the lyrics are kind of, eh, I mean, it's, it makes it an, an okay song. Yeah. But I just don't think that music is, everybody, people get upset about it too. People get upset over like arguments of music. Oh, Metallica. Da, 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 da. It's like Metallica is one of the most popular bands. We had this conversation a while ago. Mm-hmm. They're one of the most popular bands and Period. Undeniably, one of the most influential bands yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, that's the first thrash band that most people heard. That's the most. That's the first a heavy metal album they owned or something. I mean, it's just like 
it's like it's like babies first. <laughs> no, man. I mean, they're not uh, not not to belittle them or nothing, but it's like the one, it's like the first thing you hear when you're getting into the genre. Yeah. Like ACDC, mm-hmm. Metallica, mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses. Yep. Stuff like that. Led Zeppelin. Yep. This is this is the stuff that people hear first. Yeah. And then you get into the weirder bands from there. Right. Or some people don't. Some people just stay on the surface and that's it and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I go I go so deep that I can't find a way out. <laughs> so it's yeah. just and that's it doesn't matter to me because it's it's fun to it, it go it's like it's like going back in history and uncovering things that are either lost, forgotten or underrepresented. Uh, that's not a word. Underrepresented. <laughs> underrepresented. Underrepresented. <laughs> it's just taking the his- the history preservation aspect and applying it to music, and I love that. Yeah. It's so much fun to discover stuff that no one really cares about or <laughs> hasn't talked about in 40 years, 30 years, however old the band is, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was buried by time. And obviously didn't take off and never will take off, but it's really cool to discover stuff. And I just think that's really rewarding. My demo tape collection, you've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> I mean, the Maryland scene, I have a ton from the Maryland scene. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just fascinating to see what was before we were, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, like... um Hey man, so I, I can I can honestly say that I followed the 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 wave, I guess you could say, of going through the different genres, like you know, middle school and all. It was it was Green Day. No, I, I, it was. I did too. I did too, man. I mean, it's not like I didn't. I'm not. I'm guilty all the same, but. Well, I would I wouldn't say guilty, but like, but yeah, dude, like you know, your your Green Days, your freaking. Um, Lincoln Parks, your, uh, uh, what else? Fucking, uh, Beastie Boys, stuff like that. System of a Down. System of a Down. Road. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so, yeah. Um, Bowling for, Bowling for Soup. Yeah. Uh, Oh, God. Charlotte. Limp Biscuit. Yep. Slipknot. Yep. Yeah, so, I, I don't necessarily, I, I can't stand Limp Biscuit. I'll say that right now. I cannot stand Limp Biscuit. Yeah. But, I don't necessarily hate. Like I like System of a Down. Yeah, they're they're totally different. I mean, they are truly the only band that sounds like that. That at least the one I'm I'm aware of. Yeah, one hundred percent. They're super talented. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of music I go reaching for on a regular basis, but it's just downright well done. It is. So it is. And I don't I don't even hate. You, so you think we've had this conversation before you think I hate all these bands well maybe you don't but <laughs> I'm very vocal on how I feel about music and uh-huh. I really love what I really love and I'm like oh, these guys suck but <laughs> it's like I'm just very passionate about the bands that I like that's awesome and that's fine because I used to make fun of you for Disturbed all the time hey man look I still hey look I still love Disturbed, and the reason why I love Disturbed is I know everybody's going to sit there and go, yeah, if you like Disturbed, all you got to do is listen to one of their albums and then never listen to another one because they all sound the same. <laughs> and it's like... So does ACDC, man. Yeah, I mean, same thing with ACDC, but 
the thing is i don't think it's a bad thing i like i like disturbed and i've always liked disturbed because when they break out of the whole tribal heavy drum you know or as and david actually gets a chance to sing the guy has a great voice I, I won't debate that at all because he's he's a great singer. Truly, he absolutely is. Yeah. And I used I used to just give you crap because I thought it was funny. <laughs> honestly. Hey. Yeah, dude. I would. But still... I did give you that promotional Disturbed CD that that pre-release thing yeah, that did. I found on eBay for like four bucks or something. Yep. I mean, it's not. It, I just music is is awesome because we played music for a while. I guess we should probably talk about that too. We did. Yeah. Me and this guy. Me and this guy. Uh we've uh, 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 real quick before we touch on that so i want we, we we will we will touch on that for sure but i so i i got it you know i got in very soft to the whole rock and metal thing like i said the green days all the na- bands we named and all and then it was ozzy and it was metallica and it was fucking you know slayer and pantera and uh you know uh, t- king diamond and all that stuff and stuff like that dude as i've gotten older i'm i'm 30 now i'm gonna be 31 this year you will too um yeah yeah dude like bro i have totally fucking 180 like i i used to be you know oh the heavier the better i like the heavy shit every day heavy you know but now i love musicianship like actual musicianship i'm talking phil collins fucking journey fucking toto like there's guys who used to play in those bands who could absolutely wipe the floor with half of these dudes today and they just they just never they never showcased that ability while they were in the band because it didn't really call for it i wouldn't say that steve luthiker Toto, one of the baddest fucking guitarists ever. Yeah, but he never really used it while he was in Toto. I mean, if you listen to the guitar work, it's not like crazy Yngwie Malmsteen over the top. I can't work. stand Yngwie Malmsteen. <laughs> no, but you gotta say, from a technical aspect, he is a fantastic player. He uh, okay, yeah, he can he can play. He there's there's yes, no there's no denying that. But the thing is, is I like, am in the same camp as you. I think it is boring as sin. It's boring as shit. One or two, yes. Yeah. But he is a technical marvel. He can play anything you want to play. Yeah. But it doesn't have, in my opinion, doesn't really have any substance to it. No. No, like I was listening to uh, what was I listening to last night? I was listening to, uh, and yeah, guys. So what? TBK is a little bit of a softy when it comes to music anymore. Fight me, <laughs> but I was listening to uh, Mother Father yesterday by by Journey, and I'm just sitting there and I'm listening to Steve Perry's voice, and I'm like, that that is a fucking singer, man. That man, ah. <laughs> Well, there's there's plenty of bands that I, I'm the thing that I've predominantly gone back to is I would say late sixties into late seventies psych rock doom anything that falls into that category a lot of like psych whatever proto doom proto metal they call it but yeah, it, it's yeah. all like psychedelic rock or it's very funky or there's a Houston scene from the early seventies that was amazing. And all these dudes, like, went nowhere. I mean, seriously, like, yeah. most of these bands went nowhere. Or and they it's a later, shame. 
got into bands that did go somewhere, but the bands that they were in that time went nowhere. Yeah, it's just musicianship is off the apps. It's it's off the charts. It's unbelievable. The guitar work. Yeah, I, I was sending you one from the early '80s the other day. Uh, one of my customers recommended I listen to this album, and I was like, "Man, this is this is really like really good because mm-hmm. the solo work on the whole album is just it's incredibly clean playing." But dudes, the songwriting's fantastic. I mean, I, I can't really put it into words. You'd have to listen to it. The album is called Revival by the band Winterhawk, if anyone's listening. <laughs> Wonder, and anyone likes that kind of music. Yeah. It's like Kansas meets Triumph and some other bands, but it, it's really good. I, I don't know how I never heard it until the other day. Yeah. Uh, so it's like these, these albums that I've gone back and I'm like, at a certain point, I was just like you said, one of the heavier stuff, Carcass and all that uh-huh. kind of. Yeah, and I, I like them. Don't get me Love wrong; them. they're great. Yeah. But I don't go towards that first anymore. No, I, I dude. I, well, that's that's what I was gonna say. I was like, don't by any means get me fucked up, twisted, or wrong. I still love my heavy shit. I still love you know, but it's it. I think it's very based on um, my mood anymore and, and hey totally. guess what totally. guess what i guess i guess you could say it's based off my feelings <laughs> you know and that's fine because there's a there's a band for every mood you're in yeah at least there's at least 20 for every mood you're in yeah like, so it's like yeah uh, music is 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 super diverse and anything you can possibly be feeling or thinking of you can put it into music sure which it's, is what makes music right. great uh, like i've I've so uh, again, if you guys haven't listened to um, episode two, episode one, or the newest episode that I put out, just you know, do yourself a favor, make sure you go back and listen to those. But I, uh, the conversation where I had with Josh, where he was like, uh-uh. Yeah, my, <laughs> I felt like I had to call <laughs> the conversation I had with Josh, <laughs> um, and he was like, You know there's conversations that I've had with people about music to where I wouldn't have spoken to that person. Otherwise that is the great thing about music is music truly does speak. Yeah. Music, music is, uh, is it, it, it's a, it's a language of its own. It really is. There's guys that I, yeah, like you said, I've never would have talked to, but they had a band shirt on or I saw a patch on there. Uh, their vest or something. I'm like, hey man, you know, like that patch or like that shirt. I love that album, whatever. And yeah. you get to talking to this dude that you would have passed in the street and never looked twice at. Yep. And it's awesome. Or that happens to me too. Like it's just some guys will be like, hey man, I love that shirt. I had a Sierra Thungol shirt on the other day, and some dude in a gun shop in Glen Burnie. He was behind the counter. Him and I got into like a 25 minute conversation about. All those bands, Manila Road and Sirathungal and all these other like, Trouble and St. Vitus. And I'm like talking to this guy I never would have talked to twice. Right. I looked at twice. Right. <laughs> I'll talk Just to you once. But I'll one. talk to you once, but I won't talk to you again. <laughs> You're right. You know what I meant. <laughs> but it's, it's true. Music is a universal language. It has no color. It has no... Uh, it, it's not limited to just the English language, obviously. Yeah. There's international bands that are universally renowned fantastic yeah absolutely i mean how many how many other things can can do that usually languages are 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 centralized to 
whatever region they're in and it's a cultural thing but music is universal it's it's whatever it is yeah. everybody can understand it even if you can't understand it physically you can understand it from a an, another aspect sure sure or literally understand it i mean yeah it's uh it's it's and, and again like i said we we played music so we did we, and we did our own thing we my gosh that's been it, oh uh so 2012 2011 i was gonna say somewhere between the range of 2010 to 2012 um i'm gonna say it was 2011 into 2012 yeah and then and no that's when it started right right because that was yeah yeah okay so yeah dude so we did the ep we did (laughs) right um and you were sick as hell i was i was sicker oh my god that was horrible Remember a chest cold or something? No, dude. So that is when that is when I got I had um, I was just starting to have symptoms of tonsillitis and pneumonia. I was I was sick as shit. (laughs) Here I am thinking you're just you you just got a a cold or something. No, no, that but that was that was a that was a it wasn't that long ago, but it well I guess it kind of was a long time ago. But it doesn't feel like a long time ago. Yeah. Well, it's 2023 now, so that's about... Ten years ago is when the EP came out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it was um, January or February of 2013. I can't remember, because we recorded it in December. Mm-hmm. And you had never been in a studio. Nope. I don't think I had ever been in a studio. And I didn't know what to expect. And we knocked it out in one day, dude. One day. Took us took us eight Monday, hours. We sat up here in the, we sat it was something like that. We sat up here in this attic for <laughs> yeah. day after day after oh my voice <laughs> 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 Day after day. <laughs> just sitting there just as you would say, busting ass. We're busting ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though. I mean honestly it was super fun. It's just music is is, is a great release. Yeah, and then we we did the album after that. Mm-hmm. That was 2014, I think. That one happened. Yeah, and then after that, you did your own thing, and I kept going with it. You were doing music, but not the same. I did. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been playing since 20. Well, you you've been playing guitar before me. Yeah, I st- I started playing guitar when I was five. My grandfather started teaching me. So I've been playing for for twenty five years. Yeah, see, I, I've only been playing since I was about fifteen. I want to say. Right. So I got fifteen years under my belt, but we didn't play the same thing. But it wasn't too far off either, and it ended up working out. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, so okay, so let's let's preface this and take it back for a second. So when I I had put a uh, cover that I did on Facebook. And this goofball here that I'm talking to that I've known for all this fucking time hadn't talked to him in years, mind you. He hit he he comments on the thing and goes, I didn't know you played guitar. And that led into, yeah, I I've I've been playing for a while now. Why? What's up? And he was like, You should come over and jam, man. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I I showed up one day, brought my stuff upstairs, and uh, we wrote what is the name of what do we we wrote it on that day. 
we wrote Insanity. Which turned into... Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got it in my head. Yeah, that was the one song I don't think I recorded. I got it, my, I got it in my head. <laughs> that turned into uh, Apocalypse, I do believe. It did. Yes, it did. The Apocalypse and the Apocalypse EP, which was what we did. Yep. And that was, yeah. Insanity, no, that was Breaking My Heart. Oh, yeah. Insanity yeah. turned into Breaking My Heart. That's right. Absolutely. But the Apocalypse EP, we did write that. That was the first song that we did in the same day. Yeah, it was weird, man. Yeah. I still have I still have the demo of it on here on the computer. Oh, man, I haven't, dude. I, and it's, I gotta it's... say that the sound quality sounds like a fat dude sitting on couch cushions with, with the mic on the But... <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's not bad it's just it's 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 not a good quality recording yeah well so i've i've long you know i've long given up the dream of of you know being in a big band and touring and all that that that's probably never going to happen for me and i've accepted that but at the time when you presented to me you know hey i want to do this this thing you know, and we're going to be playing fucking NWO BHM style music. And I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm what like, we're never, we're never going to go anywhere with that shit. You know, and you were like, well, that's not the point. And I was like, well, all right. <laughs> you know, but like, I've come to appreciate now, like I haven't, um, God, I haven't picked up my guitar in probably almost two and a half years since I quit my last band. And, uh, man, I, I, I've really come to appreciate just getting in a room and jamming with people like that was probably outside of the writing because writing, writing with you and then writing with my, my buddy, Charlie, um, came very, very easily. So that, that stuff never bothered me, but the most fun that I ever had was, you know, the, the shows could be stressful at times but just jamming and cutting loose that was probably the most fun it is it, uh, my favorite part about the process itself is uh writing and recording yeah because everything else can uh live shows and you know it's it sucks packing the car it sucks setting up it's great playing then it sucks tearing down and it sucks having to put it all back right so it's like yeah it's but I love playing. I like playing live. I hate the process of before and after playing live. <laughs> that's that's the best way I can describe it. And some people just they don't mind that and they oversee it. I mean, God, thankfully I'm not a drummer, so yeah, right. That's the worst. I don't know how anybody does it. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could do it. But the recording, the writing, and the recording process is my favorite because I loved seeing something that was written from thin air or not thin air, but it was written off of the imagination. Off of your, the dome, man. Off the dome. Uh, it was written off the dome. There, there you, you go. go. Shameless plug. Turned into <laughs> an actual physical recording. Yeah. And then my favorite part was when you actually got to see it on a physical disc or a tape or a vinyl record or whatever you want to put it on. Physical media. That yeah. was my favorite part. It doesn't matter if you sell a copy of it or a hundred copies of it or a million copies of it. It was one of those things that you can say that you did it and that's you. Yeah. That's, it's a legacy. Because any, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
covers are great, covers are fun, covers make money. Yeah. But they're not your songs. Right. Right? Right. So you can play the best cover of Sweet Child of Mine in the world, but it's still not your song. Sure. So making something yours truly is yours uh, onto a CD or whatever else, and then even if a hundred people or whatever buy it, which the first EP that we did, we made 50 of them thinking we wouldn't sell them. And we sold them in like two weeks. We sold so, out. Yeah, we sold out, like, which was crazy. Yeah, we sold them in like two weeks. And we're like, okay, I guess we got to start making more. <laughs> so we made like those stupid CDR ones. Yep. Until we just put the album out. It yeah. was unexpected. It was neat, though. Really, it was neat. Because even if, again, even if a few people like it, it's cool. Because it was something that we did. You know, I feel like I f- I feel like well, you know, now that we're we're going down this road, I since 2012, I have been leaving a digital footprint, you know, and and everybody says that, you know, well, not everybody, but some people when you ask them, "What do you want to leave behind?" and they say, "I want to leave behind a legacy." Um, I wouldn't say it's a legacy per se, but I I have I'm a lot of different places on the internet. Like I've, I've got my stuff that I did with you. I've got my stuff that I've, I've done with Charlie. I've got my stuff that I've done with Crossland. I've got my stuff that I've done on YouTube. I've been on, you know, doing my own podcast, uh, podcast now on Spotify, my podcast, (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing my podcast on spot TV. Um, you know, doing my podcast on Spotify. I'm, I'm, on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, like that's how I'm leaving my, you know, so when I'm dead and gone, you know, people can find me and see the things that I've done or listen to the music that I've made. Like, I think that's what's, what's pretty cool, man. It is cool. And that's what I mean. I just, it's just, it's, if it's not yours and yours alone, it's yours. You did it with other people, but it's still yours. It's still your, cause you're part of it. Yeah. So it's just neat to look back on it. And I, I, I don't ever regret anything I've recorded or anything. I don't look back on it like, man, that was really bad. Because I know you've said it a few times. I, that yeah. I don't think it was bad at all. I still don't think it was bad. It was our first time in the studio. We were in tune. We were in tune. <laughs> <laughs> Everything came out about like I would expect it would come out. Yeah. Um, we can thank Toby for doing the, the mix work on that because he probably saved a lot of it. Shout but, out to Tubes. But I don't think it was bad. I don't. I really don't think it was bad. Even for a first flight, it was what it was. It was yeah. The it was breaking the seal. Yep, that's what go. it was. We broke. Because for you, it broke the seal. For me, it broke the seal. That's what I wanted to call Apocalypse, by the way, and you wouldn't have it. <laughs> what, broke the seal? No, breaking the seal. And you Uh-oh. were like, no, man, it sounds like you're pissing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, dude, it's our first one. We're breaking the seal. I'm like, we're not pissing. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'm glad you do. I do. I remember it. I remember you would just come over with a riff in your head or something, mm-hmm. or you'd you'd have a riff that you'd write and you'd be like, "Well, I did I don't know. I just out of nowhere, let's do something with it." And we would. We and would. Then we wrote like Predator, and we wrote uh, Give Him the Axe and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And it was just stuff that I mean, I was I was sitting up at like playing Predator on Nintendo, yeah. the original NES Predator yep. with Arnold Schwarzenegger in his pink shorts. <laughs> 
And I heard that little jingle in there. And this is going to give it away for anybody who's never known. Is that the ba- the baseline of that is based off of that music from Predator. Yep. And I was like, I don't know why it stuck with me, but it turned into the song. And it turned out, I think that's still one of my favorite ones. <clears throat> you know, we're leaving out the fact that that before we wrote Insanity, which turned into Breaking My Heart, which, you know, led into Apocalypse and the first album and all, the very first thing that you and I played together was the freaking... Um, was it Midas Light? No, well, it was probably Midas Light, but the other one was the freaking Steven Seagal Hard to Kill theme. Dude, that was awesome, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Because there's like probably six people that under, that remember that movie. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, dude, I, like it was, it was, you know, you were just like, you remember Steve Seagal, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and hey, but it's a good theme song. It is. It's a decent theme song. Can't complain. It's like Escape from New York or something like that. They have great theme songs. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, all those old horror themes, action films, whatever, they, they had their own scores and they were awesome. And that's, even video games had their own original scores. Yeah. And that was the best thing. Like, we grew up on PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. So, Jet Moto, Twisted Metal, even the sports games NFL. had original soundtracks. Yep. yep. I mean, before all the licensing came in in the late 90s, it was all original soundtracks by hired studio musicians. And that was awesome because... It's funny because now it's getting back to that again. Yeah. For a while, it was all licensed because everybody wanted to hear like 50 Cent in their sports game or something, you know? Right. And now it's now everybody wants the uh, original soundtracks in these games again, which is great. So it all comes full circle. It's one by one, and I still listen to those video game soundtracks all the time. I mean, remember we were playing like Lords of Thunder stuff and stuff like that. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was all great music, and it's. It's, it was sorely missed in that PS2, GameCube, Xbox era. 100%, dude. You know, I uh, I definitely feel like you and I getting back in a room together and just seeing what happens is long overdue. Uh, like I said, I haven't picked up my guitar in two years. I think I'm way past... You probably sound like you haven't picked it up in two and a half years, too. Oh, I, I, well, it, it, she's got <laughs> to get fixed before I do anything, I but... Know. But, um, yeah, man. Hey, look, we are almost at the hour and 30 minute mark. Um, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. It's been a pleasure talking all this stuff with you. Uh, guys, if you haven't already do me the smallest of small favors. If you like what you hear, follow the podcast. If you like it that much, give me that five star rating. It really does help me out. Um, Maddie Saint, appreciate having you on brother. Good, nice job making me uh, sound like a five-year-old. You're good, Maddie Saint. Matt, oh, man, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. I had a good time. Um, you're right. It flew back. It flew, uh, real, I can't speak. It, it flew. flew past quick. It flew. <laughs> oh, and thanks for having me on the podcast. You're welcome, man. <laughs> See you guys.